Welcome back to the 20th episode of Petty's Pod. Today, we're going to be making our predictions for every Sweet 16 game coming up tomorrow and Friday. Uh, Ian Fingers coming on the podcast today. He's on call, so super excited for this podcast. going to be a fun one, a lot to talk about. So hope you stay tuned in, hope you're ready, and uh, let's get straight to it. All right, welcome back. We got Ian on call. What's going on, Ian? How are you doing, Tyler? Doing pretty good. I'm excited to make these picks. Um, first game we want to start off with in the Sweet 16 is Arkansas four seed versus the number one seed in Gonzaga in the West region. So, Ian, who are you picking for this game? I mean, for this one, I mean, spread's looking at about minus 10 here. So, uh, I think Gonzaga will pull, pull this one out. But I think it will be closer than a 10-point game. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a solid pick because Arkansas is, uh, I didn't expect Arkansas to, you know, get this far. Uh, if you, UConn won against New Mexico State, I actually picked UConn against Arkansas in my brackets because um, I didn't really know much about this Arkansas team. And then now they're going up against the Gonzaga team. I just don't think they match up well with them. They don't have the size uh, for Chet. They don't have, like, the, the uh, overall technical abilities to match up with Drew Timmy. Um yeah, I think they can match up with Andrew Nemhard well, but just just looking at, I mean, it's a ten point spread. That's a lot, um, and so that for that reason, I'm going with Gonzaga. Is there really anything that like shows you, Ian, that maybe Arkansas can pull away can pull away and win this game? Maybe. You know what? I think that if if Timmy, it really depends on if Timmy plays a good game and if JD Note shows up for Arkansas. Um, I think that Arkansas being one of the almost the best team in the SEC this year, um, I think that with that level of play they played all year, I think they can definitely keep up with the Zags. But once again, with Holmgren and Timmy and Nampar, I mean, I, I really don't see a way Arkansas pulls this out. Yeah, and I think I think uh, we'll get into the next game here. Um, uh, ba- going off that Gonzaga game, uh, we'll skip over the Michigan game for right now. I just want because. You know, we're sticking in the West region. Texas Tech-Duke uh, sets up to be one of the best matchups of the Sweet 16. I think yeah. I think Duke wins this one, and I think it sets up for a really good Elite 8 matchup against Gonzaga, um, who we both picked to beat Arkansas. But, Ian, this is one of the best games of the Sweet 16. Uh, Texas Tech is the 3 seed. Duke's the 2 seed. But Texas Tech is actually favored by 1 here. So who are you picking? You see, I really don't know because... <laughs> It's definitely because you have Boncaro, but then for Texas Tech, Bryson Williams could go and shoot like 50% lights out from three. I think he shoots 53% right now from the field. Um, but I think it's going to be a very good game. Mm-hmm. And it just. If I were to, if I were to go, I, I, think, I think Duke pulls this one out. Coach K's final season, I mean, they got it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick against Duke. Um, I've talked to a couple people today. They've all said it's the same thing. It's hard to pick against Duke in Coach K's final season. And I said it on the last podcast on Monday. I think Paolo is the best player in college basketball right now of Duke. I watched him against Michigan State. Uh, I watched that whole game, and he was dominant. Um, Michigan State is not an undersized team. They got seven-footers, six, six, nine, six, eight guys, and he just dominated that game. He can shoot the ball from anywhere. He can drive. He can play really good perimeter and interior defense. And I just think, once again, I don't I don't think Texas Tech has the matchups for this Duke team. Their whole starting five 
um, if not four of the starting five, are probably first-rounders in the NBA draft next year. So I just don't think Tech matches up with them well enough. But, but same question, Ian. Like, do you think we both, we're both picking Duke, but there's obviously a way Texas Tech can win this game. Like, what, what do you think that, that, that uh, X factor could be for them? You know what? I think Duke is a very volatile team. And what I mean by that is they can be the best team in the country or they don't look like that number two seed that which they are. For example, we saw that in uh, versus North Carolina a week ago. Duke just did not look like the the usual Duke basketball team where he used to watching the entire season. North Carolina blows them out by 20. Um, Texas Tech has always been a very solid team. I really don't remember them getting blown out by Kansas, who they play in, in uh, their division. Uh, I, they they make them they win when they need to. Um, you see, I'm looking at the team rankings right now. It, they're both 67 rated. Uh, it, it really is a toss up. Yeah, it really is. I think it's two of the best teams. Oh yeah, go ahead. If, if Vegas has this game as a really 50 50 game, of course there's a way Texas Tech can win, and I, I can totally see it. Yeah, right. I mean, the guards for Texas Tech are really good. Uh, the transfer. They obviously have a lot of transfers, but Arms has been really good for them. Um, Terrence Shannon has been really good for them. And uh, I'm still picking Duke. I picked Duke to win the whole thing because I think they match up well with Gonzaga, but they obviously have to get past this really, really good Texas Tech team first. And these are obviously two of the best teams in basketball right now. So, yeah. All right, next game up. Second game tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, the 11 seed, my team, Michigan, versus the two seed, uh, Villanova. Ian, I want to talk about this game a lot, but who do you have, Villanova or Michigan? Well, you know, I would love to pick Michigan, the 11th seed, kind of a Cinderella story almost, even though it is Michigan, they are an 11th seed. But I have to go with Villanova here. Um, Colin Gillespie, just too good. Jay Wright, too good of a coach. Uh, you never go against Jay Wright in March. I mean, that's that's kind of a rule. Uh uh, spreads at minus five. I think that's very accurate towards this game, and I just see Villanova winning outright. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk for a little bit about Michigan right now because uh, I am I am a Michigan fan. But you know, saw an interview today where Hunter Dickinson was talking trash to all the other Big Ten teams. I don't know if you saw that, Ian. Um, as a Wisconsin fan, I did indeed see that. <laughs> That was a great interview, but that's not the reason Michigan are going to win. The reason Michigan are going to win this game is because Villanova's tallest guy is 6'9". They do have a lot of 6'5 and up guys, so they, they're they not undersized per se. They're just undersized at the center position, and we've seen that in the first two rounds. We saw it all year. Dickinson is one of the best players in college basketball when he goes up against an undersized center, but the key to this game is not Dickinson. He's going to do what he's going to do. Um... He's going to be expected to put up 20 and at least 7 rebounds, which we know he can do. But the key to this game is is Caleb Houston. Um, we've seen guys like Frankie Collins, Eli Brooks perform in the last couple of rounds. Of course, Dickinson did what he did what he did in the first two games, but we expect that Diabate does what he does. But Caleb Houston in, against Tennessee didn't make a shot in the first half. He made a couple big threes against Colorado State, and that's really why they won. So, once again, he's going to need to do that against this really good Villanova team who 
are one of the best shooting teams in the country and Caleb Houston out of high school and what we expected from this year was to be one of the best shooters in the country and he's not shown shown us that yet he really only shoots threes the way Michigan run their offense um he stays he stays in the corner wing and when he when he's open he shoots it and he doesn't make it so Ian what are you expecting from Caleb Houston in this game um well obviously if Michigan wants him he's got to knock down the shots uh he he's got to hit every open three he gets. Uh, he really has to be that um, that second option from Dickinson because I, I think Villanova will double team Dickinson just because of the size difference he mentioned, and there's really no way to contain him one on one. But yeah, uh, Houston he has he's got to stay uh, neck and neck with uh, Gillespie in terms of shooting and just knocking down his shots. Yeah, I pull it out here. Yeah, but um, I think another thing is with the matchups, Gillespie, obviously Villanova's best player in my opinion, averaging about 16 points a game. But I think Eli Brooks and Devontae Jones are both really good defenders. And also Kobe Bufkin and Frankie Collins coming off the bench are both really good perimeter defenders. And we don't really see Gillespie drive that much. Um, So I think they can defend him well. I mean, obviously expecting the do do his thing and you know have 15 maybe maybe less but maybe probably 15 plus points um on Michigan but I don't know I just I just really like this matchup for Michigan um but but Ian do you think like you know I'm a Michigan fan it's a little biased I have to say but like do you think that Michigan could come away with the win and like how do they do it do they blow them out as a close game listen um of course they can win. It's March. Anything can happen. We know this. I mean, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Um, but what it comes down to is uh, it's going to be a close game, 100%. But I think it comes down to free throws. Mm. Um, close games, we always see uh, we, we always see um, free throws. That's, that's a make or break in a game that, that puts a team up by seven, puts them out of reach of a buzzer beater in order to send it to overtime. Um, I think that it's a huge part in this game, considering uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. Michigan can hang with the, as we see, they they beat Tennessee. Uh, they can hang with those top teams. And I think I think because Villanova is a better free throw shooting team, Gillespie 90% from the line, the ball is going to be in his hands. And when you're shooting 90%, uh, it, like, I don't see them winning a close game if they're down by two or three at the end. Yeah, I mean, I really like that take, actually. That's something I didn't think about. Um, I was watching Villanova's last game, and, you know, the announcer were talking about how they're the best free-throw shooting team in the country. Um, you know, anyone anyone on the floor for Villanova will, will shoot and make free throws. But, again, I mean, you put an undersized guy on Dickinson, and he, he'll get he'll draw fouls, and he's a top-five uh, free-throw shooter in the Big Ten at his position. So, that's a really good point. It will probably come down to free throws, to be honest. Um, I don't trust Michigan that much when it comes down to free throws, just judging off their last couple of March Madness runs. Uh, they've been really bad from the line. Uh, against Tennessee, they weren't great. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Ian's picking Villanova. I'm picking Michigan in this one. A little biased, but I still think Michigan can get the job, can get the job done. And uh, now we're moving on to the next South game. All right, next game, South region still. Houston, the five seed versus number one seed Arizona. Ian, who are you picking in this game? Well, uh, you know, maybe a shock to you, but uh, I'm going with Houston on this one. 
Uh, Houston has, if you look at their last game versus Illinois, they beat one of the top teams in the Big Ten by 15. I mean, Illinois looking like a complete joke that game. Uh, Illinois fans will say, oh, it's because of the technical, which I will say that technical was uh, uncalled for. Or it, uh, it's definitely not a technical, but you lost by 15. Uh, yep. It is what it is. Um, it, now, in terms of matchups versus Arizona, Arizona obviously a top four team in the nation. Uh, they're thirty three and three this year. Houston is thirty one and five. But I what what I'm really looking at is their stats. Um, they both average around eighty points a game. Uh, Houston though lets up um, uh, has on average sixty points against Arizona seventy five. Uh, Arizona's defense is not as good. Their field goal percentages are almost identical. They both get the same amount of rebounds a game. Uh, average assists are the same. Blocks the same. Steals. Houston has more. I, I think Houston really matches uh, up well, even though Arizona does have Matherin, who will be the best player on the court. But I think just Houston is such a solid team that I think they can get the job done today. Yeah, I'm going with Arizona in this one. I think this is another one of those toss-up games where either team can win. Um, I like I like both these teams a lot. Um, you know, again, I've talked about it a little bit. Uh, Arizona beat Michigan early in the year when they weren't even ranked, and you know, I saw this Arizona team. And as a Michigan fan, I was like, "You really lost to Arizona, unranked." Michigan was like top five ranked, but they were super athletic, and so is this Houston team. So I think this is going to be a super fun game to watch. Um, I'm picking Arizona in this one, though. Just because I think they have the best player, uh, Benedict Matherin. He, he's so good. Christian Coloco getting rebounds uh, all day long. But I think this this will be one of the best games of the Sweet 16 um, as well. Just because I think, you know, that the, the highlight plays in this game just, just get me excited for it, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the fast break alley-oops that are about to come. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be awesome. Yep. Um, definitely going to see some poster dunks in this one, but... I'm picking Arizona to come out with the win. I think they're fired up from a really close close game against a nine seed uh, TCU, which was a really fun game for them. You know they're fired up. Um, Houston obviously coming off a big win against the higher seeded Illinois, but was Illinois really ever that good? Uh, I don't think they were. I picked no. Houston. I picked Houston in every one of my brackets to beat Illinois. Um, yeah. And Chattanooga should have won that game for all Illinois fans that were there. Yep, uh, completely agree with that too. Um, but I'm picking Arizona, Houston. Uh, Ian's going with Houston, which which is obviously not a bad pick. A lot of people are going with Houston um, as a five seed to upset Arizona as a one seed. But a lot of people have Arizona winning the whole thing. Um, I don't, but I'm go I'm going with Arizona. Um, next game up is the Cinderella teams, the 15 seed St. Peter's versus the number three seed out of the Big Ten, Purdue. Um, I'll start with you, Ian. Ian, who are you picking? The Cinderella team are one of the best teams in the Big Ten. <laughs> well, the way you put it, uh, I, I mean, look, I got to go with Purdue here. St. Peter's beat Kentucky, beat Murray State, but I think that I, I don't think they can do it a third time. Purdue's just such a good team with Jay Nivey and Zach Eady. I, I, unless I, St. Peter's turns into one of the best teams in college basketball, I don't see them beating Purdue whatsoever. Um, they are. Uh, I just, I just want to say this on record. They are a top sixteen team in college basketball right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, I'm picking St. Peter's. 
I'm going with the hot take on this one for no real reason at all. Um, ESPN's matchup predictor has them a uh, 9% chance to win this game. You know, those are good odds. I like those odds. Um, Jaden Ivey, though, is one of my favorite players in college basketball right now. Super athletic. Reminds me of my favorite player in the NBA, John Morant, a lot, um, which I really like. You know, but I just – I really can see St. Peter's winning this game. I've said Purdue as, is one of my – um, upset teams for this tournament. They, they're one of my upset teams um, all year. Uh, to be honest, I picked them to get upset in the Big Ten tournament. They didn't, but I just think for no real reason I'm picking St. Peter's just because they've beaten a better Kentucky team. Um, they've beaten a Murray State team who looked good all year. And, uh, you know, they got that they got that East Coast mentality, that New York mentality, you know. Like, they're going to come out with the win. And I, I really like their coach too, but you know, Ian, Ian, I, what do you think about that? You know, I, I I enjoy your optimism here, but if you're gonna give me Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Stevanovich versus um, a team which has been, I'd honestly say, lucky uh, this this uh, this tournament, um, give me give me Jaden Ivey. He's gonna be one of the uh, great young stars in the NBA in a couple seasons. Um, he's just so good. Purdue's just such a good team. I mean, <laughs> Murray State, uh, they played in a uh, not not a Power 5 conference uh, this year. Uh, they went 30-2, very impressive, but um, it doesn't match up versus Purdue in their resume. Going 29-7 and in the Big Ten, who had nine teams in the tournament this year, uh, and then being, uh, I think... They, uh, did they come in second in the Big Ten? Yeah, they they lost to uh, Iowa in the championship. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they came in second in the Big Ten this year, and uh, I mean, I really don't see how St. Peter's does it a third time. Um, we saw it with Oral Roberts last year. They they pulled out a round of sixty four win, thirty two, but uh, stopped in the Sweet Sixteen. Your luck's got to run out at one point, and Purdue's the Purdue's going to be the team to beat St. Peter's this time. You know, or Roberts doesn't have that mentality that St. Peter's does. Um, but well, St. Peter's doesn't have the leading scorer this year either. And Max Aismas, which Oral Roberts did have. Well, all I'm going to say is uh, I'm picking St. Peter's, but I could also see Ivy having 35 and 5, Edie having 20 and 15, Stefanovic hitting. Winning by 50? Yeah. And Stefanovic hitting like six plus threes. Um, so that's both both point of views, but I'm still picking uh, St. Mary's or St. Peter's uh, in this game. You know, I gotta go with the hot take at some point. You know, of all right. Next game, um, third or Friday. This one's on Friday, so it's the St. Peter's game. Um, Providence, the four seed versus the one seed Kansas. Um, in that region, Ian, who are you going with in this game? Um, well, you know, I gotta go with Providence here. Listen, you could say, oh, they beat a 13 seed South Dakota State. Oh, they beat 12 seed Richmond. Mickey Mouse uh, cakewalked the Sweet 16. You know what? No, Kansas all year has struggled with very good defensive teams. Providence only lets up 54 points a game. Uh, as we saw in Kansas's last game versus Creighton, also a very good defensive team. They barely squeaked out the win uh, with a couple free throws at the end. Uh, it, it was really a two-point game versus Creighton all day. Um, and I, I can definitely see Al Durham 
uh, going in and having a game. Uh, you, you could also say um, Jared Bynum as well will will, uh, will be consistent. Um, so I, I really like I really like Providence in this one. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people take Providence actually in this game just because, like what you said, the inconsistency from Kansas all year against good teams. Um, but I just think I needed to see more from this Providence team. Uh, like you said, I'm one of those people who just think that, you know, they didn't play an Iowa team who I think a lot of people had beating Providence in the second round. Um, they've played a 13 and 12 seed. There's nothing really to convince me that they're the team to beat a one seed. Um, even though coming into the tournament, they're a four seed. They've got a good player, Nate Watson, averaging 13 points, you know. Um, but I just think, you know, it's, we were talking about this before before, uh, before the podcast. Abaji for Kansas is one of the best players in college basketball, averaging almost 20 points a game. You know, they've got, they're, they're good in size. They're big. Um, they can move the ball well, Kansas. And I just don't really see, this is one of the games in the Sweet 16. I don't see an outcome where Providence wins this game. And you know that's totally totally believable. I mean, with Abaji being on that court, anything could uh, it could be a steamroll in Kansas's favor. I mean, he's such a matchup, um, like a ma- he's a matchup trouble for Providence. Um, I can definitely see it. But you know, Providence has been very consistent all year. You know, they've had these like one or two point games for some questionable teams, but I never hear them actually losing those games. Like they always come out with a win. So. I think that um, Providence got the job done in the first two rounds and pretty efficiently. Um, Kansas, though, has had a couple, like, they struggled versus Creighton, I'm going to be honest. So, I mean, as you said, Kansas is also very inconsistent. So, I mean, I could definitely see Kansas winning, but, you know, I'm going to go with the upset here in Providence beating Kansas. Um, you know, I have a question for you. Sure. Did you take, uh, in your brackets, did you, if, I mean, I'm assuming you took Iowa over Richmond. Yes. Um, did you take Iowa over Providence, or did you pick Providence in that game? You know, uh, I, I in some brackets, I made a lot of brackets this year, but I said I said most I did take Iowa just because of how hot they were coming off that Big Ten uh, tournament win, and Keegan Murray being an absolute, uh, it just lights out this year. Um, I, I did take Iowa. Yeah, I mean. And I did have the winner of that game, which was Iowa, to beat Kansas in the Sweet 16. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, I'm going with Kansas. Ian's going with the upset in Providence here. Um, I just don't really see Providence coming out with the win in this game. I don't really see an outcome where they where they come out on top. But it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good game for sure. Providence could shock could shock everyone and prove why they're a four seed and not a team that people think are you know got lucky or whatever and had a had a lucky season and are lucky to be ranked as a four seed, but we'll definitely see what happens in this game. All right. Second to last game here. One of the best games. Uh, again, I mean, at this point, all of these games are going to be good. Now that I'm just looking at these matchups closely. Um, I've said that about every game so far. So, um, but we got UNC, the eight seed beating, uh, coming off a win against one seeded Baylor versus the four seed UCLA. Um, one of the closest matchups, uh, in the sweet 16. So Ian, who are you picking in this one? You know, I want to pick UCLA, but I also want to pick North Carolina. I mean, I really don't know. North Carolina's hot, but I got to go with UCLA on this one. 
Um, I think one. I think a a, a good a good uh, reason to pick UNC, which is who I'm picking. I'm picking UNC. Is the reason you said uh, you're picking Villanova, Jay Wright, um, in March. This isn't Roy Williams uh, as North Carolina's coach, but this is North Carolina in March. Uh, historically, one of the best teams. They have a really good roster, but they are like a lot of teams in college basketball this year. Really inconsistent against good teams. Um, obviously, they beat Duke in Coach K's last game. Um, and they have a guy who I really like, R.J. Davis, who can score 30 in whatever game. He scored 30 against Baylor. He can score points in bunches. He can shoot the three. He can drive and draw fouls. Um, but, Ian, what do you think about the matchups for this game? You know, you, you got, um, I think that UNC will have the post play on Rock with a Halleck and a Bacot uh, down low. Uh, I may have butchered uh, Halleck's name, but you butchered you butchered um, Baycott's name, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, I think I butchered both of them. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I do think that up top UCLA will have the advantage with Tiger Campbell, uh, Jamie Hawkins, and uh, Johnny Juzang. Uh, Juzang averaging uh, sixteen, Hawkins fourteen, and uh, looking like Campbell averages around twelve. Um, both very consistent and efficient shooters on all three ends. And I think that UCLA, it will be a close game, but I think that UCLA will be ahead this entire game. Um, and I think they will inevitably will win versus North Carolina. Yeah, this is a really this is a really close game. Um, UCLA obviously has the experience um, making one of, one of the greatest runs I've seen uh, last year. Beating, beating really good teams, obviously, you know, unlucky in the final game with Jalen Suggs, the buzzer beater in the final four um, for Gonzaga. But this is a toss-up game. I'm going with UNC. Ian's going with UCLA. Um, we should mention, though, UNC's, in my opinion, best player, Brady, Brady Manick, will not be available for this game after getting ejected on the round of 32 game against Baylor. So, Ian, how do you think that impacts UNC? You know, we should talk about uh, we should talk about Manic and the the flagrant and um, you know I think that to, this may be a little bit off topic, but I think to take Manic after the game he was having, I think he had twenty eight points at that point. Yep. Uh, the, this team was up by twenty versus Baylor. Um, we see this um, totally accidental uh, kind of elbow uh, going for a rebound and he's ejected on flagrant two, which as we know sparked a 20 point Baylor comeback to force it into OT. Obviously UNC did pull it out, but I think if um, he stays in, then uh, then UNC rolls to an easy victory instead of this kind of sweat fest over there. Yeah, I mean Manic obviously is a lot of their scoring uh, in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament and all year. But do you think he should have been ejected for that game, or was it a little harsh? Um, I think that he totally should not have been ejected. Foul, yes, he elbowed the guy in the head. Flagrant two, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's a bit aggressive from the refs. But, I mean, I think, you know, I kind of forgot about that when I picked UNC. But, you know, the the, the fact that Baylor came back from 25 down when this UNC team lost one of their best players, and then they're not going to have him from this game, just kind of you know, Ian, you convinced me. I'm I'm going. I'm switching my pick. I'm going with UCLA, just because I just think the experience there is uh, going to be too much for this young uh, UNC team who is uh, missing their best player. So 
we're both picking UCLA for this game. I switched my pick uh, just because I remembered that Brady Manick will be out, but it's going to be a good game. All right, last game of the Sweet 16, Iowa State versus Miami. Uh, two teams, in my opinion, who didn't really uh, weren't really expected to be in this position. 11 seed versus 10 seed, only 11 versus 10 seed matchup we're going to see. But Ian, really close and uh, tight game. Who you got in this one? I got Miami in this one. Uh, I think that um, their wins this tournament were more impressive over uh, USC in the first round and Auburn in the second. Um, Iowa State, of course, a good team beating LSU in Wisconsin. But Wisconsin, uh, as uh, they played very poorly, uh, they shot two from 23 from three. How is that possible? We'll never know. <laughs> I'm a salty Wisconsin fan, but I think I could have picked four guys um, and picked them off the street and had them shoot 23 shots each. I think they would make more than two. Uh so I think Miami is a better team. You can't. Uh, I won't be expecting a lot of scoring in this one, giving Iowa State's good defense. But I think that Miami is just a better team, and they. Uh, I think that I think they're just going to win outright. I think Brockington isn't going to be a factor in this one, and I think that uh, I think that Miami is going to pull this one out. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Miami have have has beaten the better teams in this tournament so far. Uh, I actually picked USC to beat them in the first round just because I really like that USC team. But they beat them, and of course I picked Auburn to beat them as well. Um, and then they beat Auburn too. And of course you mentioned the struggles of Wisconsin. So, But they do have one of the highest, hottest players in the country right now, Iowa State, and in this tournament so far, Isaiah Brockington. But this, this is going to be a defensive battle. And uh, I'm picking Miami as well just because I think the experience, and I mean they have a six-year senior who's played on four teams or maybe three teams, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but we're both picking Miami in this one, um, and that is going to do it for our Sweet 16 picks. Um, Ian, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a time. It's been, a, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Fun to pick these games always. Um, next podcast will probably be on Monday uh, as the weekend wraps up, and uh, going to be reviewing that reviewing that uh sweet 16 elite eight weekend and maybe a little preview of the final four so see you on monday and ian thanks for coming so thanks for listening see you next time